Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How many weeks do you think Jordan Degoe should get for his bump on Elijah Hewitt? He's going straight to the tribunal. And on behalf of Izuza Utes, I'll give you these four points on Degoe to drive you into this WA day on behalf of the Izuzu D-Max. First point, he was late, so he had no right to make content contact. Second point, he was high. If you bump, you have to avoid the head. Third point, Suggestions that West Coast players should have remonstrated more strongly with Dugowie afterwards are ridiculous. It was in play. Most would have been following the ball and wouldn't have even seen it. And right now, West Coast are picking from about 27 or 28 fit players. So what are they supposed to do? Get a couple of more players injured or suspended in a fight. That'll really help them. And fourth point. Dugowie has to get minimum three, and I would argue four weeks at the tribunal. We'll get Craig O'Donoghue's thoughts on that a bit later on. He's very good at running the ruler over these things. And let's also do, while we're at it, four points on West Coast after this 63-point loss. What did you think of it? Was it a good effort? They were pretty competitive up until three-quarter time. Or have we become so desensitised to West Coast blowouts and losses that anything remotely competitive just feels like it's okay? This felt a little bit different. They did lose players to injuries early. uh, But conversely, they have now lost 10 games in a row where they have not come closer than 40 points to an opponent. It is a bleak bleak season. How did you assess it? You can tell us on the Temperate Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. Four points of list management on behalf of the Isuzu D-Max for West Coast. One, make the easy list management call first, and that means at the end of the season, you retire Shannon Hearn. No discussion about another season for the veteran. Shannon Hearn should be treated respectfully. He is an all-time great. He is a premiership captain. He's played 328 games. It's a club record. But he turns 36 in September, and when you're doing list management, one of the things you refer to are their birth certificates. He's played some good games. He might try to play on. He's played eight of 12 games now. He had to be managed after four games. Then he was injured. He missed another two games. He'll miss another two or three games as a result of the hamstring strain he suffered before quarter time on the weekend. It's time now. Point two, and yes, birth certificates are important. Tim Kelly is 28. Liam Duggan is 26. Elliot Yo is 29. Dom Sheed is 27. 
These are the core senior players to guide the club through the tough early stages of this rebuild. They showed that on Saturday night with their performances. Of course, Sheed's 43 disposal effort with a goal in his 150th game was super. Elliot Yo terrific in the third quarter in particular with 12 disposals and three clearances in that quarter. You add in Tom Barras, who is 27, and Oscar Allen, who is 24, and there you have your core senior group. Yo, we've forgotten how good he was. Three and a half years of injury, but he's not yet 30, so you've got to give him time to get himself right. And what we saw on the weekend is that he is West Coast's most important player. West Coast, with Yo playing like he did on Saturday, are basically playing a different sport to the West Coast that plays without him. Remember, he was their best player between 2016 and 2019. He won two club best and fairest in that time. He finished second in another club best and fairest. He was their best and fairest player in their premiership season of 2018. Point three, Luke Shuey and Nick Natanui have to get uninterrupted blocks of footy behind them in the back half of this year and further injury should put their place on the list in jeopardy. Doesn't matter what Nick Natanui's contract says, and we know that he's contracted to play again in 2024. Nick played 8 of 22 last year, and he has not played yet this year. Luke Shuey played 7 of 22 in 2021 because of repeated hamstring strains. He played 17 of 22 last year. He's played 4 of 12 so far this year. We're hearing reports that he might get back in time for the Adelaide game this weekend. But if these guys can't get out there and stay out there between now and the end of the season, it's time for them to join Shannon Hearn in retirement. Both of these players are 33 now, and the club cannot just assume they're going to come good. They are going to have to prove they can come good. It's proving time for a number of players at West Coast, and that includes these old stars. West Coast can't keep using injury as an excuse when they keep putting old players out there who are more injury prone. That points the way forward for Hearn, injured before quarter time the other night, and it also points the way forward for Nat Nui and Shuey if they can't get out there and stay out there. And my final point, point four. Birth certificates alone should not be used to save Andrew Gaff, Josh Rotham, and Xavier O'Neill. Gaff is only 30, but between now and the end of the season, he has to show he has something more to offer. There was a moment in the third quarter the other night which sums up Gaff's season. He barely made the distance from inside 40 metres, shooting to get West Coast within nine points. He still finds the ball, not as often as he used to. He's averaging 22 disposals a game this year but he doesn't use it effectively at the moment. Rotham has played 55 games. He's 25 years old now. He had a tough job on the weekend. He had to play in the Magpie Talls after Tom Barris came out of the team. 
And every weekend, Josh Rotham will offer us a glimpse of what he might be capable of. And on the weekend, he did it again. He took a great mark. But he battled for most of the night as the most experienced tall on the Collingwood tall forwards. And it can't be about potential anymore for Josh. He has to show more between now and the end of the season or he has to make way. And Xavier O'Neill is 22, which is still quite young. He tagged Nick Dacos on the weekend. He went okay. He kicked a goal, faded out of the game, and Dacos got away from him later on. He played 11 of 22 games last year. He's played 8 of 12 this year. He has 32 games overall. He's averaging 12 disposals a game this year. It's not enough. He has to do more if he's going to hang on. These are the tougher calls for West Coast and their list management. As I said at the top, the easy one is Shannon Hearn. He has to retire at the end of the season. What do you think? You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line. That is 0487 736 736. Or you can call us on the open line 13 12 55. After the break, we'll be back with the West Australian's Craig O'Donoghue. He will run the ruler over the Jordan Degoe bump on Elijah Hewitt. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. To get started on the first of my four questions to four-wheel drive you to work on this wet and soggy, maybe even boggy Tuesday. First question, why can't the Sharks beat the Bulldogs? They got rolled again in the wet at the Wacker yesterday afternoon. As I said, interrupted mid-match by thunder and lightning. One thing yet to be interrupted is South Romano's run of wins in recent years. It has now stretched to 15. And while a lot of those wins have taken place when the Bulldogs have clearly been the better team, that is no longer clearly the case. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a genuine question. Those who know me will know I'm a South Rio boy. They might think I'm being a smart aleck, but I'm not. I'm, I want to know, why can't East Fremantle beat South Fremantle? Ladder positions in the last couple of years say the Sharks should have won a couple of derbies, and they still can't win one. Towards the end of yesterday's game, they were clueless, launching attack after attack in the final term, with South defending a small lead. They launched so many forward 50 entries for no result that it was almost inevitable that at some stage... South were going to sneak forward and with their forward line opened up with all the East Frio's players pressing up, the Bulldogs were going to score, and they did. There are real demons here for East Fremantle now, and sooner or later they're going to have to get the Bulldog off their back. Second question in my four questions to four-wheel drive you to work thanks to Izuzu. Speaking of bogey teams, do the Dockers have the opportunity this weekend to erase the possibility that the Tigers are a bogey team for them? You can get a bogey team on your back when one team spends a lot of time near the top of the ladder and another near the bottom. The losses mount up to a point where the challenge becomes a mental one rather than just the physical challenge of being the better team on the day. The last six matches between the two clubs have seen the Tigers win four, Fremantle win one, with the match at Marvel Stadium between the two teams ending in a draw last season. Fremantle's only win against the Tigers since 2017 came at Optus Stadium in 2021 by just four points. The Tigers have been competitive this season and had a good hard-fought win against GWS at Giants Stadium at the weekend. 
But on paper at home, this is a game the Dockers should win. And if they are to keep their run at a finals berth on track after a tardy start to the season, this is a game they have to win. At home against an opponent coming off a tough game on a heavy track, an opponent which sits beneath them on the ladder. Question three, and this one is for West Coast fans. Who do the Eagles bring into their team for their round 13 clash with Adelaide in Adelaide this weekend? The performance against Collingwood was one of their better ones for the season, and we'll talk to Josh Kennedy about that later. But at the end of the day, it was still a 63-point loss, and they lost former skipper Shannon Hearn to injury. Connor West to a knee injury after an accidental collision with a falling Elijah Hewitt, and Hewitt himself misses with concussion after that Jordan Degoe bump on Saturday night. Liam Duggan will miss the game suspended unless he manages to overturn a dangerous tackle ban for an incident involving Taylor Adams in the Collingwood game. The mail is that skipper Luke Shuey should be ready to go after missing six weeks with hamstring and ankle issues. He will be one welcome addition, but they are going to have to find three more. And the names aren't exactly lining up at waffle level. Zane True was tagged and frustrated playing for the Eagles against Swans in an 81-point loss on Sunday. Campbell Chesser was solid with 19 disposals in the same game. He now has a few games under his belt, but ideally the Eagles would like him to get a few more before elevating him back into the senior team. Can Jeremy McGovern and Jack Darling make it back in time? They might not be ready to return after the bye or until after the bye, and others are further away again. Mid-season draft pick Ryan Marrick kicked a nice early goal and had some handy touches early against Swans and then found himself up the other end of the ground to where the footy was. It would be a massive call to shoehorn him straight into the AFL team. Then again, desperate times call for desperate measures. This is West Coast's last game before the mid-season bye, and the mid-season bye cannot come quickly enough for them. They continue to lose players as quickly or more quickly than they can get them back. Question four, the last one to four, will drive you to work thanks to Izuzu. The two-year contract extensions given to veteran Dockers, Nat Fife and Michael Walters. Good or bad calls? What do you think? Walters has played strongly since mid-season in 2022 and is going well enough to maintain his spot in the team for now, but he's 32 and coming off a calf injury. Fife has played the last four games, two as a starting sub, one subbed out two-thirds of the way through and one full game. He's been very useful in all of them and appears to have found a niche in this team drifting between the attack and the midfield. But he is 31 and coming off a season when he played just seven of the 22 games and was affected by three separate injury setbacks, any one of which had the potential to be career-threatening in its own right. The Dockers are young, and a bit of experience helps, especially with David Mundy's departure at the end of last year and the loss of five other players, Rory Lobb, Griffin Logue, Blake Akers, Lloyd Meek, and Darcy Tucker, who all had experience and mature bodies to help Fremantle's youngsters. What would you have done? Signed them or not. You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736 or you can call us on the open line that is on 13 12 55. We've got a big show for you today. We're going to talk to State 18's coach Ben Dyer about the upcoming National 18's titles. They play their first game in South Australia against the Allies this weekend. 
who are the WA youngsters to keep an eye out for? We are hearing there should be four or five of them around the top 25 in this year's draft. As I mentioned, Josh Kennedy will be our Tuesday regular who will talk about the West Coast game against Collingwood. What did he make of the Eagles on Saturday night? And we'll also speak to Adelaide development coach Marco Bello ahead of the West Coast clash with the Crows in Adelaide at the weekend. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We'll be back after the break. Thanks again to the Isuzu D-Max for fast footy points to four-wheel drive you into work for round 13 of the AFL season this weekend. Point one, Jordan Degoe. It's an unfair bump, but let's play on. He copped three weeks at the AFL Tribunal last night. Personally, I would have given him four for the late and high hit on West Coast Elijah Hewitt. But the extra week for me would have been based on the AFL's commitment to protecting the head of all players. If the AFL's convoluted formula for adding up what offences are worth made this at least three weeks, then Dugowie got the minimum. It's not ideal, but it was never a dog act by Dugowie. It was a split-second decision gone wrong rather than a malicious act. He chose to bump when he should have tried to smother, and then he hit Hewitt High. He's copped his whack. It's time for us to get over it. Again, I say... A case of unfair bump, play on. Point two, I don't expect West Coast to beat Adelaide in Adelaide this weekend, but the effort displayed before they collectively ran out of puff against Collingwood last weekend has to be the bare minimum standard that Adam Simpson and his team set for themselves every week between now and the end of the season. Their fans will cop that regardless of the score at the end of the game. They won't cop what they saw unfold in the 116-point loss to Hawthorne in Launceston. Adelaide is a tough place to play, and the Crows are a tough team to beat at home. They fell just a point short of Collingwood at home five weeks ago. For West Coast, effort must not just be made here. It must be seen to be made. Point three, the task for Fremantle against Richmond is to win, period doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be by a big margin. But after starting the season slowly and with a round two loss at home to the 17th ranked North Melbourne, these are the games the Dockers simply must win if they are to stay on track for back-to-back finals berths. They need to expect to win every game at home and they need to win games against teams below them on the ladder. Both of those things mean this game just has to be won. It's going to be damp and damp will probably suit the Tigers. The Dockers just need to find a way. And point four, landmark individual moment in the competition on Thursday night of round 13 when Lance Franklin plays game number 350 for Sydney against St Kilda at the SCG. Franklin is near the end. This will certainly be his last season of AFL footy. He's 36 years old, and he's just kicked 10 goals in eight games this season. This is not the buddy of old. This is just old buddy. But he is a player to be celebrated nonetheless. 1,057 career goals puts him equal fourth on the AFL's all-time list alongside Doug Wade, behind only Tony Lockett, Gordon Coventry and Jason Dunstall. He is the only current player to have kicked 1,000 goals. He is nearly 300 goals clear of his nearest current playing rival, Jack Revolt, who has booted 776 for Richmond. Tom Hawkins has 764. These blokes are modern greats of footy and they are nowhere near Franklin. He is the last player to kick 100 goals in a season way back in 2008. 
it is time to celebrate one of the all-time greats of AFL footy. After the break, we'll be back to talk to Jordan McArdle from the West Australian newspaper. We'll talk to him about the Dugowie Band, the upcoming games for West Coast and Fremantle, and the upcoming game for the WA Under-18s who start their national championship uh, campaign this weekend in Adelaide against the Allies. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. If you want to have your say on anything in the show, you can on the Temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736 or call us on the open line on 13 12 55.